Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June the 1st, and our chapter for today is Psalm 78, God's great kindness and generosity to the nation of Israel is on display in Psalm 78. But what I want us to do is to look at the text and see what God assigns to every father, every family about teaching the next generation. This is an incredible psalm for us to teach to our families and pastors, leaders, Bible teachers, for us to share that the primary responsibility of discipleship throughout the Word of God is not the state. It is not the government. It is not the church. Let me say again, it is not the church. It is godly families passing on from one generation to the next. Parents have the primary responsibility for seeing that their children are educated. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to do the education themselves, but it does mean that they need to oversee it. They need to be responsible for it because God holds us responsible as parents and grandparents to teach our children and our grandchildren the way of the Lord. Remember this, Christianity is only one generation from being unheard of in a nation. We can turn our backs on God and not teach our children, and the next generation will not hear. Now, we're seeing this happen in America today when we have such an increase in young people, those below the age of 30, that disregard God altogether. Why? They have been taught that in our government schools. They have had very little Bible teaching in their churches anymore, and the family altar and devotion time has almost gone by the wayside. But there's more to it than having just a little Bible reading every night. Now, that would be helpful. That would be a blessing because Christianity is first caught and then taught. It is first caught and then taught. We learn by watching. We learn by listening, yes, but primarily by watching and seeing what is prioritized in the family. Now, why am I talking so much about this? Let's look at Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to Torah. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children. What? The law of God and what he has done, because he sets out after verse 6 to talk about why a generation sets their hope in God. And he delineates for about 60 verses 
for a long set of paragraphs on what it means to be a follower of God and the people of God as he lays out how God was so generous, so kind, so gracious to the Israelites, and yet they rebelled and did not teach the next generation. And so he says, We will not hide them from our children, telling the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. In other words, who he is and what he's done. You say, well, I as a parent am not a good Bible student. Well, become one. That's no excuse. My soul, my word, why would we say, well, I'm not a good Bible student? Well, you have no brain. Please, you don't walk with God. You don't have a notion of who God is. The Spirit of God lives in your heart, and he will open up his word to you. He's not trying to hide this from you, Dad. He's not trying to hide his word from you, Mom. This idea that, well, I'm not schooled in the Scriptures, that's your fault. No one else's. Your fault. You are as schooled in the Scriptures as you want to be. You are as close to Jesus as you want to be. You are who you are today by the choices you've made. Yes, by the grace of God, if you know the Scriptures and you study the Scriptures, yes, it's the grace of God. But you have to make a choice. God's not going to hold you down and feed you and open up your mind and feed you without you seeking his face. We will not hide them from our children, telling the generation to come the praise of God, who he is, what he's done, his strength, his wonderful works, and what he's done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded to our fathers. Why did he do this? Look what it says that they should make them known to their children. You see, part, a big part of a godly marriage is to raise up the next generation a godly seed, that the generation to come might know them. Know what? Know the laws and the precepts and the principles and the patterns that God has laid out for us that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. You see, the pattern that God's setting is to pass on generation to generation through the fathers, through the mothers, to the children. Now, is the church responsible to teach and preach the Word of God? Yes, it is, but the primary responsibility is the parents. We went away from this somewhere back during the days of the 60s and 70s and 80s, and and now we've just gone crazy. But the reality is that people used to know this. They used to understand this. But now we have assigned everything to the government or to the church as families. I hear parents complaining all the time, well, my kids are what they are today because they weren't in a good children's ministry. They are what they are today because they weren't in a good student ministry. Listen to me. Your children are what they are today if they're grown by the choices they've made, and their choices that they have made many times were replicas of what they saw in the home. Not always, not always. Don't come down on me. I'm just saying that we've got to teach our children. It's our responsibilities. Will they many times go astray in spite of everything we teach them? Of course they will. 
but it is our responsibility to teach them the Word of God. If your children are not getting the Word of God and they have no knowledge of the Word of God, the church may bear some responsibility for that, but primarily it's your responsibility because who took them to the church where they didn't get what they needed? You. Who did not teach them the truth of God? Who did not take them to the church that where they would get the Word of God? Children from the first grade on ought to be able to sit still long enough to hear a message. And if they do that from the first grade on through and you've got a Bible preacher, your children will know more of the Word of God than most people who go to these churches who are so seeker-driven and so lackluster in their desire and their teaching of the Word of God that they will get more in the messages than they would in Sunday school classes where all they're doing is teaching what a public school would about character or about this, that, or the other. That is not the great stories of the Word of God and the great themes of the Word of God. It's our responsibility to do that. This is so important. Why would we do that? Why would parents want to teach the Word of God to their children? Uh, You say, well, you know, my children, they don't like that. Well, you do a lot of things I hope that your children don't like for a period of time, but that is right for them and good for them and healthy for them and is the best for them. Children don't know what they want. They don't know what they need. As a matter of fact, most of them, until they're grown, don't know whether they're fish or fowl because of our messed up culture and because of the lack of Bible teaching that's in our homes and in our church churches. Why would we teach our children the Word of God, verse 7, so that they may set their hope, their expectancy in God, and not forget the works of God, what He's done, who He is, but keep His commandments, His precepts, His principles, follow His patterns, that they may set their hope in God. Do you understand the suicide rate among those that are 35 and less? Do you realize how high it is in America? It's astronomical. Why? People have no hope. Children are killing themselves because they have no hope. They have no expectancy of anything better. They have no foundation upon which to build their lives. Hope is expectancy. Hope is the belief that God is in control, that there's going to be a better day, that God will ultimately win, that we are not in despair. Yes, we are cast down. Yes, we are thrown down. Yes, there are defeats along the way, but our God is the winner. He's the victor. He always wins. He's victor. And we need to teach our children that in Jesus, we are more than conquerors. We not only win, we not only conquer, but we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Either that's true or tear the book of Romans out of your Bible. Yes, we're sinners, but in Jesus, we are winners. Teaching the truths of God's word from Genesis to Revelation. Yes, from Genesis to Revelation. The great stories of the Old Testament are not just stories, They are life testimonies of the truth of God for those who choose God's way versus those who choose to go their own way. And as we teach these great, valuable truths to the next generation, God will honor what we do. God will honor what we do. Why? Because God honors obedience. And so Psalm 78, all the way down to verse 8, is an admonition for one generation to pass on to the next generation and tells why. 
so that they would walk with God and not be stubborn and rebellious like the generation before them. And then verses 9 all the way down through verse 69 for 60 verses, God talks about what he has done, who he is, his mighty power, his attributes, his characteristics, and what he's done. Now look at verse 70. He switches to uh, David as an example. Yes, David as an example. Because the Bible says he chose David his servant, this is verse 70 of Psalm 78, and took him from the sheepfolds, from an unlikely place. You see, God is in the business of taking those that feel like in their own hearts maybe that they are not in the limelight, they are not useful, rejects, discards, and People that would not be expected to be winners, conquerors, more than conquerors. You see, David wasn't even called to the meeting with Samuel. Samuel had to ask, do you have any other children here? Because none of these seven boys are going to get it. Do you have an eighth? Do you have any other children? Well, I have a boy out there watching the sheep, but I mean, come on. He's young. He doesn't have a lot of promise. We've got him out there assigned to kind of stay out of the way. And Samuel said, go get him. And the Lord said, this is my anointed before you. This is the man that's after my heart. He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds from following the ewes that had young, and he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people. You see, what God does is many times he takes loneliness, even darkness, abandonment, neglect, rejection, brokenness, sorrow, all of those things that we despise, God takes in the life of a young man or a woman, and he does in them what no one else can do. He gives them hope, expectancy. He took this young man, David, from following the ewes and making sure they gave birth and that those young lambs were set aright to shepherd Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. And because he learned the skills of leadership and of care and responsibility. These are big deals. Leadership comes from having responsibility, doing a small task well. This is why Jesus said in echoing this biblical principle that the one that is faithful in little will be faithful in much. The one who is not faithful in little, don't give him more to do. David was faithful out there when nobody saw him doing it but God. But that's all that matters. So he shepherded God's people according to the integrity, the wholeness, the completeness. Where did he learn that? He learned that out there in the sheepfolds. And he guided them with skillfulness of his hands. Oh, to God, that that would be said of every pastor, that this would be said of every Christian leader, that this would be said of every parents, that we shepherded our flock, our own families, our own sphere of influence, and we guided them with the integrity of our hearts. We cared for them with the integrity, the wholeness, with a complete mindset, and that we 
guided them with skillfulness of hand, literally of the palm, that we could bring them to maturity, that we could bring them to the great shepherd so that their lives and their futures would be secure and that they would set their hope in God. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.